Hello and welcome to another episode of In the Midnight Hour podcast with your friends Keller, Lauren, and we're back on the couch this week to discuss an interesting (laughs) topic. We hope y'all enjoyed last week's episode. It was a little heavy. Yeah, it was a little bit heavy. But that's good. We need heavy sometimes. I've gotten s- several text messages from people who have sent me really sweet, really thoughtful messages, you know, not only thanking me and Nick Kelly for our vulnerability, but also saying that they feel more informed, that they feel more educated, and that they didn't really, they maybe knew about it, they understood that we had it, but they didn't really understand the depth of what it means to have an autoimmune disease or what Hashimoto's is. So yeah, thank you to everyone who's reached out. You know, I'm going to say this every week because it never fails to surprise me or Keller that people actually listen. And not only do they listen, but they genuinely connect with whatever the content is that we're talking about. I really appreciate everyone who has said anything kind, who has given a review, uh, who's shared it, who's talked about it, who's listened, you know, all of it. It means so much to us, and we couldn't be more thankful. But yeah, we got a good episode for you today. Yeah, We're excited to get into this. Different than last week. We're going to go a lot more lighthearted, a lot more fun. Yes, on a full moon tonight. Yes, no less. on a full moon. My dad texted our group chat and said, hey, guys, go outside, look at the moon. We haven't seen it at our house, but we looked it up. It is a full moon. So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of in our branding. So it's kind of important to us. Yeah. So what are we going to get into today? All right. So today, as you've read by the title, we're going to go down the Reddit hole. Hmm. So, Keller, are you familiar with Reddit? I am. Okay. Have not you ever a lot. been? Okay. So you you know what it is. You've gone on Reddit before, but you're not like a regular user. No. Okay. Well, I am a regular user of Reddit. I wasn't until this year, and I really only use it to look up Taylor Swift stuff or to follow pop culture news and celebrity gossip because it's just got some really good kind of underground stuff. But Reddit is a social media app, and it's sort of like, it's not like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. It, it's kind of all of them combined in a way, but it is very dark. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart. Don't go on there if you're like a 50-year-old mom who has only ever used Facebook because you're going to be horrified. But they might have some good recipes there. Yeah, yeah, but there's also going to be like people talking about Hitler. Oh God! So it's a, it's a forum where you can anybody can post. Yes, and there's groups. So like I follow Taylor Swift's group subreddits. Yes, these are these are subreddits, and so on the subreddit you can find your niche genre. Everything you want to know. About I mean, literally whatever subject. Any. Any kind of subject that you can think of. Like, I've just gone on there before and typed in anything that I've ever thought about. And there's a group for it where people pretty regularly post. And some groups post, you know, 
dozens and dozens and dozens of times a day and there's too many posts to even read but it's just a fun I don't know it's just a fun thing to do if you're like not wanting to get on mainstream social media but you just kind of have to be careful what waters you tread in yeah well I'm excited and I think you have some good stories (laughs) or posts for us today so that's kind of what we're doing is we're gonna go We say be careful in the waters you tread in for Reddit, but that's literally what we're going to do is we're going to tread into the dark waters of Reddit so that you don't have to. The murkiest of waters. Yeah, we're going to bring you the weirdest post, the unexplained post, the funny, weird. I mean, it's, it's just a whole mixed bag of things. We did a little dive on there and found some posts that we thought would be entertaining for y'all. Yeah. So, Lauren, would you do the honors and take us down the Reddit hole? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So, our first post is called The Horny Wife. Okay. This is a 28-year-old female posting this. So, my husband, 31-year-old male had to spend two months in a different state for work. He came back nine days ago. I'm obviously thrilled he's back, and I've missed him a lot. I was hoping he would be able to spend some time together, just the two of us. However, his mom, 56 female, came over when he was supposed to be home. I was slightly annoyed, but I know she was just excited for her son to be back. However, she never left. Like I was prepared to deal with her being there for a day or two, but not nine days. Okay, so let's pause there. <clears throat> so, yeah. husband, he's gone. The wife, she's so excited. Hubby's coming home. He's coming home. We're going to do the nasty. We're going to... Hang out. We're going to watch movies. Yeah. My baby's back. Uh Uh-oh. His mommy's here. Mama's home. (laughs) So, yeah. Did he know that his mother was coming home? I don't know. We haven't. Maybe she'll post. Maybe she'll give us some more insight. But I'm already going to tell you, red flags are popping up everywhere for me. Mm. Because, like she said, she thought she was going to be there for a day or two. Nine days? Nine days. And she hasn't even got to spend any alone time with her husband in two months? Mm. Okay. It's already not loving it. Not loving it, okay? And also, the mom's staying with them. It's not like the mom lives in the same town, and it's like she's coming over to visit to their house and then they're staying by themselves at night. The mom's literally there. She's staying with them, okay? Because she's been here for nine days, we haven't had a second of time together. She insists on staying here instead of a hotel. For the record, she lives an hour away. So already, like, nah, nah, dog. <laughs> Fuck no. This Drive your ass home, bitch. Drive your ass home. You can come see him on like day two, but like let us be alone at least for a day and then come and we'll have lunch and dinner together. You can talk to him, but then go home. 
Yeah. Go home, you whore. Okay. The guest room is right next to ours, and the walls are thin. Okay, so that's already given me. We ain't fucking, and we ain't seen each other in two months. Okay. When the two of us go out, she comes with us or makes one of us stay with her because otherwise we would be bad hosts. Hmm. <laughs> Girl. You invited yourself over. You invited you yourself to over. To my house and you're going to tell me I'm a bad host. You've clearly overstayed your welcome. And you have the audacity to tell us that we're going to be bad hosts. So at this point, it's the husband's fault. Uh, bitch, I was literally about to say that. This, I was about to say, point you do, clearly, you say, hey. from day one, obviously, we'll read more into it, but clearly from day one, the husband has never set boundaries with his mom or with his parents, with his family, because any time that I hear stories like this, all that I hear is the husband does not know how to tell his mom no, because right. all of this would be solved by the husband's like the wife. It shouldn't be the wife's job to tell her mother-in-law. Yeah, you need to have boundaries. We need to have space. Yeah, especially since she only lives an hour away. Okay, this is the husband's problem. He needs to be telling his mom, "Mom, stop doing this." She follows us around the house constantly. We want to cuddle and watch movies. She's sitting in the armchair. We want to go to a romantic restaurant. Better make that a table for three. We have even left her in the living room to go chat in our room, and she follows us. I think my mom may have wrote this post. <laughs> my mom submitted this to Reddit. <laughs> I mean... You gotta host your in-laws every once in a while. It's it's just one of the things. Do you have to? Well, you know, people do, and that's people totally do. fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the circumstances. She he was gone for two months. Yeah. You gotta know, hey, you know, At after the after you week. get home, yeah, get give a little time to be with your wife. I don't know. think that anyone would mind after a couple of days of alone time and getting back two months is a long time for a husband and wife to be gone from each other right he's been gone for two months i mean he, he's close with his mother his mother wants to see him too and that's that's totally fine you know he's he's her son he's been gone for two months earlier today i just asked her to leave even though both of us have been hinting that she needs to go okay both of us my or husband and wife hinting is different than asking somebody to leave or telling somebody to do something. Yeah, and the wife shouldn't have had to be the one to do it, the husband. No, not in a million years. Yeah, yeah. She kept saying she wasn't ready to go yet and wanted more time with her son. I tried telling her we wanted some alone time, and she kept insisting that she join us. No, join look, us for a long time? What does that mean? Does she want to fuck her son? <laughs> she want to be in the room watching. Maybe she has a voyeur kink. I mean... I literally am like horrified right now. Like this is king. honestly like this is worse to me than like hearing about people getting murdered. Well, this is all, this is all the husband. He needs to step up and be like, "Hey, I love you, but you know, I want to spend some time yeah, with my it, wife." Yeah, yeah. Let me tell y'all if, if you're his listening, mom doesn't understand, and then oh well. You have a mother-in-law or a father-in-law who has, or it, even if you're even if you're not married and your boyfriend or your girlfriend's parents have boundary issues, and y'all have been in a long-term relationship. You need to sit down and have a conversation with your partner and say, hey, 
you need to step up. You need to speak up because me and Keller have witnessed so many marriages, so many people who have overbearing in-laws and nine out of 10 times it's because the partner didn't speak up and stop it. Yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I think, you know, we're lucky that both of our in-laws are, you know, understanding pretty benign as far as self-aware people. Finally, I snapped and said, since you seem to be oblivious, I will put this bluntly. I want to fuck your son. If you don't want to see or hear, then you need to leave. I know this wasn't the classiest response ever, but I was frustrated. Anyway, she yelled at me, but eventually left. We finally got to have our alone time. But now she is blowing up both of our phones, saying that I am disgusting and have no respect for her, her son, or myself. Whoo, child, I'm getting hot from reading this. God, this person sounds like a complete idiot. Uh, to me, the worst part of all this is the fact that the mom is blowing up their phones and that she's telling the daughter-in-law that she's disgusting and that she has no respect for her, the son, or her or herself. Like, well, that's not su- that's not surprising at all. You know, from no, her, it's from not her surprising. behavior. It's not surprising, and you force your wife to call her out. So, of course, this irrational person is going to behave that way. I mean, that's the obvious response to this. She finishes out the story by saying she keeps telling my husband that he shouldn't be with someone so crude and how dare he let me speak to her like that. I'm sure you get the idea. I know that what I said was really inappropriate, but am I the asshole? And I'll go ahead and put a disclaimer out that she was voted not the asshole, of course. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think the moral of the story is it's the husband's fault. Well, let me add. Oh. So she made an edit to the post. Oh. Yes. Yeah, she said, yeah, edit, we're divorced and I killed my mother-in-law. <laughs> edit, after reading these comments, I will definitely let my husband know he needs to step up. Yeah, duh. Yeah, step your dick game up. That's the thing. If if you are married, or even in a friendship, maybe if you're the if your family member is the one causing problems for your friend or yeah. your partner, if you're you need to be the one to step up and say, "Hey, I love both of y'all. This ain't cool. You know, this isn't, this isn't gonna fly. You got you, you got to cut it off immediately." Because then yeah. it will set the, the first because pre- this because this is not the first time this has happened. No, no. This situation, this built up to this. Yes. So you know there were other little things, and you know the first day that she came, it should have been when the mom let them know that she was coming into town. The husband should have said, "No, I want to be alone with my wife for a few days." Right. I'm saying even before she even came to the oh, house, the first oh, day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was already happening. Yeah. So you got to cut it off immediately. And or you don't, it, this doesn't start after marriage. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, 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 it'll start little things, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate. I think the husband is the asshole in that situation and needs to finally have a talk with his mother. Yeah, that's what it's, she, she finished the whole thing off by saying, I agree that it should have been him who made her leave. I love him to death and want to be accommodating to his fear of making her angry. 
she's nasty when she's angry and will turn his whole family against him. However, he needs to set boundaries. It To me, this whole thing sounds like maybe they need to put mom on no talking. No talking. No contact. No talking. Yeah. That's what people do. Like, I, I read about it all the time with parents, in-laws, who tend to be more on the narcissistic side, is at least for a trial period, do no contact. You know, you just let the person know, hey. If you want to act like a child, you got to treat them if, like yeah, a child. If you're going to behave you like this. You got to time out for a little bit. It, exactly. If you're going to behave like this, then we're going to have some space and some time. So what, what else you got? Okay, so I'll let you read the next story. And <laughs> there might be a theme here. This one's called The Justified Bride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do think that this one's very different. It rhymes. It's already a... Uh... It's already a banger. I, 27-year-old female, am getting married to my fiancé, 27-year-old male, in a little under three weeks. Everything has been going amazing with the planning, and I'm ecstatic for the day. My best friend, Cassie, whom I've been friends with since we were 10 years old, is my maid of honor. She is truly one of the sweetest people I've ever met and has stuck with me through everything. She's been the biggest help in planning this whole ordeal, and I wouldn't trade her for the world. However, I've never been the biggest fan of her girlfriend, Sophie. I always show her respect and try to include her in things, but she's a huge introvert, and sometimes it can come off... Pause! I'm an introvert, too, so (laughs) maybe I'm on team... What was it, Sophie? Yeah, team Sophie. I might be hashtag team Sophie. Sophie the introvert. And sometimes it can come off as disrespect in return, Cassie's own words. But they always seem to be very happy together... So I hope she warms up to me a little in time. Parentheses, they've only been together for a little over a year and a half. Several days ago, Sophie approached me, asking me if I'd be okay if she proposed during my reception. No. She she claimed it would be... She claimed it would be a great way for Cassie and I to bond more. Uh, Having our weddings linked and all that. Parentheses, not, not that we need any more time to bond. She's already my other half, Cassie, right? Nar. I love Cassie to death, but I'd never allow that for anyone. I shut the idea down completely. Oh, sorry. I shut the idea down immediately. Keller can't read. <laughs> I really can't. Sorry, I'm Jared. I'm 19 and I never learned how to read. <laughs> I shut the idea down immediately, and Sophie got all pissy with me and left. Ooh. She said drama. something along the lines of, I don't need your permission anyway, and walked out the door. Well, then you're going to get uninvited, bitch. She's a sassy introvert. You're going to get uninvited. This made me fearful that she'd attempt it anyway, so I went to Cassie. Needless to say, oh Cassie was Oh, my God. She went to her Cassie and said... She's Yo, gonna, girlfriend's going to try to propose. At my wedding. And I oh, my God. I this is it. some drama. Needless to say, Cassie was mad. I never really see her get angry, but she was livid. She apologized profusely and said she couldn't believe Sophie would ever think of doing something like that. And that was the end of our Mm-mm-mm. conversation. Yeah. However, two days ago, I got another call from Sophie berating me for spoiling her plan to propose and was informed that Cassie would be attending the wedding by herself and is currently not speaking to her. So I called Cassie. She was a mess, said she was staying with her parents right now, and disinvited Sophie as her plus one 
because she was scared that given the chance, Sophie would have proposed anyways, and she didn't want to ruin my wedding. I told her to come stay with me for a while instead, and she showed up several hours later, still a complete mess. She said that she and Sophie had a huge fight, and she was reconsidering whether or not she wanted to stay in this relationship. According to Cassie, these huge fights are a common occurrence. I feel awful for ruining her proposal and potentially ruining her relationship. Cassie has been picking herself up in front of me and continuing to be great with the last-minute to-dos, but I've caught her crying while I'm not around. Mm. I love her, and I don't want her to resent me for this. So I need to know, A-I-T-A? Am I the asshole? Okay, I need to know, am I the asshole? And is there anything I can do to fix this? Well, and I'll go ahead and tell you. This one got voted. She's not the asshole, the writer of the story. No, Sophie's the asshole. Yeah, Sophie is definitely the asshole. Yes. I think that that's a pretty easy conclusion there. And I think the friend was just doing the right thing, you know? She was like, I'm going to call my best friend and tell her that her long-term girlfriend is losing her mind because she wants to propose. They've been together a year and a half. Okay, whatever. Her her short-term-ish. Her her girlfriend is wanting to propose to her on my day. She she probably knows her friend Cassie would not be okay with that. So she just calls her and tells her. She she says she knew she wouldn't be okay with it. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like she's just doing the right thing. And honestly Whatever happens after that, that's up to them. them. Totally separate. Yeah. And it's like she may have spoiled the engagement for that specific thing, but she was completely justified in doing so. And if Sophie was a normal, decent human being. She wouldn't have ever had that idea in the first place, but she would have just said, okay, we'll just move on and do it a different day. After the conversation with the writer of this post. Right, right. Said, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. Ugh, this is bad. It's just really bad. It is a lot. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to our next post. This is another Am I the Asshole post, okay? Okay. Do you want me to tell you what they were voted on now or leave it for the end? Um, you can say it now. We read the other two and we did it at the end. So okay. Are they the asshole? Not the a-hole. They're not the asshole. Yes. Okay. So the title is, Am I the Asshole for Literally Showing My Dad How He Behaves Every Day When He Gets Home From Work? <laughs> All right. Me, 16-year-old female... And father is a 46-year-old male. So it says, my father is the quote, they put in quotes, breadwinner, while mom is a stay-at-home mom. She handles everything around the house, like cooking, mopping, washing, laundry, etc. I'm the oldest, and I try to help, but really there's only so much I can do while my dad just gets home at the end of the day and literally complains about everything, like how the carpet isn't clean or how the food is cold. Hmm. There's more, but I'm just giving you a pause to for your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, not cool, not cool. No, and it's like, it, like maybe they had a conversation about what their relationship dynamic is going to be, yeah. and so it's like you have to be appreciative, like yeah. that this person is staying home and being the homemaker for you. Yes. 
It's like, she's doing all that. Yeah. And then you you get and home to food, cook meal. I don't and the care house is clean. Yeah. if it's bone cold. I'm going to eat it. And I'm going to be like, this is the best thing I've ever And had. also, like, she put in quotes, breadwinner. So, to me, that probably means the mom could go out and work. But maybe the dad. How much money does it take, though, to be an asshole? That's the question. I mean, if he's bringing home, if he's a multi-millionaire then why wouldn't he, he hire a asshole? chef could he get away with why it? wouldn't he just hire a chef if you were a multi-millionaire, it still hurt her feelings but I, I mean it still hurt her feelings but how much for you to be like not okay. a multi-millionaire a billion like you're jeff bezos okay so jeff Be- so billionaires can be assholes yes okay as a result i'd have to listen to a huge argument daily between him and mom it's exhausting but honestly i think that my dad is in the wrong here I tried talking to him to get him to see how his behavior is, but to no avail. I also, like, the arguing thing, that is, like, immediately no. Immediately no for me. Like, you're arguing. Your kids are hearing this. Oh, so they're arguing in front of the kids? That's what, yeah. It says that a huge argument between him and the mom. You know, I don't know how I feel about that because when I grew up, my parents never argued in front of us. Mm Mm-hmm. Or maybe once, you know, that I can remember, but like never, uh, always their disagreements, arguments, they took them behind closed doors, which yeah. I'm sure they had them. Yeah. And so, but they never did that in front of us. And, you know, I, I look at that as a great thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you don't want to want to see that. But also, um, I don't know if it would be a bad thing to see that uh, to a, a, a certain extent, you know, just so you know what confrontation is, you know, how to deal with it, what conflict is, um, you know, d- d- to be real in front of your kids, you know. My family dynamic had very open arguing, um, like intense, drawn out, loud yelling, loud screaming matches, arguments over any little thing there was a lot of anger and a lot of screaming so I am very anti that but what I have read from therapists and from things is that you shouldn't completely hide your argument but if it's a serious argument you should you should allow your children to see disagreements but they should have to see the resolution of that yeah, I guess there's a difference between arguments and healthy disagreements. Yes, like if you disagree over where you should eat, you should let your kids see that. But you should also, the important thing is, is that your kids, this you're showing your kids how to have a healthy disagreement. Conflict resolution, I mean, is... And that you can be respectful and calm and polite and and loving. And then it has a resolution. But it's not, sometimes it's not even just about the resolution. That is important. Mm. That's... 50% of it, but the other part of it is that they see that you can have a disagreement with a person that you love and care about in a respectful way. Yes. Because if they never see you argue, then you might grow up and think, well, adults just don't argue like that. And you have no understanding of how to have a healthy argument. You shut down in conflict. Yeah. Or if you grow up with constant conflict, constant drama, constant screaming and arguing, and there's never a resolution. But... You might also, just be drawn to it. Yeah, you might yeah. think that chaos and conflict and arguments are the normal. That's normal, And yes. you might seek it out because yeah. that's all you know. Right, right. But the truth is, is that 
what or what I have found in the way that I plan to raise our children is that you can have healthy disagreements. If we have a serious problem, that is between us. Right. We don't we don't do that in front of our kids. We're not right. going to talk about money and serious problems between us. With anything, it's, it's, it's a balance. It's somewhere in the middle. It's that gray area of you want them to be exposed to a little bit. So that they can handle conflicts. Yeah. There's our advice on that. <laughs> like you need our advice because we're licensed therapists. Um, so, so what I did was pick a day off for him and pretend to act like him. I put together an outfit that looked like a suit. Oh, she went all out and put black tape over my lips to look like a mustache. At 6 p.m., I went inside the house, shouted, I'm home, then sat next to him on the living room, in the living room, excuse me, and started kicking my shoes while complaining about the state of the house at the top of my lungs. Okay, this is giving us more insight into his behavior. Mm. He glanced at me, confused, asking what I was doing. I ignored him, then started yelling about the carpet being dirty, shower not ready, the kids needing to be quiet, and so on. He kept staring while mom and my siblings laughed. My youngest brother kept pointing towards me, saying, This is daddy. I then proceeded to yell about dinner, then berated my mom for not preparing uh, oh, not preparing it before time. My dad stopped me and in a serious tone asked what I was doing. I turned to him and said, what, can't a man effing rest after working long hours? <laughs> in the most macho voice I could muster. My dad got the hint because this was the common phrase he uses daily. He went quiet and avoided looking at me. I stopped the act and told him I was trying to show him what he's like every day when he comes home from work. He said nothing, just went outside and refused to speak to me. That is me thinking many thoughts. She struck a nerve with him. Oh, yeah. Big time. Later, he went on about how I, quote, mocked and invalidated him. Shut the fuck up. Literally shut your stupid bitch ass up. Now, we got to remember, this is one side of a story. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying this is her This is her version of the events. This is how she thinks that he acts, which he probably does. Shut <laughs> He probably does. So I'm just bitch. saying, keep in mind, this is her <clears throat> side of the story. <clears throat> I'm going to keep in mind. Shut your whore mouth or I'll throw rocks at your window. Then he does work hard. Oh, no. Excuse me. I just, Jesus, I just like had a stroke and didn't read that right. (laughs) That he does hard work and me doing this was disrespectful and invalidating. Mom said it was funny and also thought I hurt my dad's feelings and I could have gotten the message across some other way instead. Which is true. I mean, she could have gone about it a different way, a yeah, little but more she also, caring way. But, but but she feels disrespected by him, and she doesn't know. And him why that. should she show him respect if he's not giving respect ever to anyone? Sure. Yeah, I mean, she could have gone about it a different way. I mean, if this is the first time she's broaching this, is it broaching, broaching, the subject with him? Okay, a brooch is a pin yeah, that yeah. you put on you. Okay, so broaching. Yes. A brooch. I don't know. Oh Broaching the sub. <laughs> this is the first time she's bringing it up to him. You know what she thinks about what how he behaves. 
if this is the first time, maybe there's a better way to go about it. But she's young. She's 16. You know, so she's just doing it in the, the way that she thinks is deserved or right. Personally, I am a very strong believer in, you know, respect is earned, not given. And so from everything I'm reading, I'm all I'm seeing is that this person, this father, is not respecting anyone in his household and that he thinks he's how is he gonna come home and say, I work hard all day? Well, yeah, so does the mom. She works hard all day. So why shouldn't she be given the respect that she deserves? Why should he be given respect, but not give it to anyone else around him? Like, no, she made her point. Yeah, it was theatrical, but she made a point. And it clearly struck a nerve with him. And now he's going to be thinking about it every time he comes home. He may not change his behavior, but she got his ass thinking about it. Yeah, she definitely did. I mean, and that kind of points to the fact that he probably is behaving like this because it struck a nerve with him. I mean, yeah. It, it, and the little brother saying, that's daddy. Yeah, know? and also him saying that he's invalidated and hurt. Yeah, that's how you make your family feel every fucking day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how about how you make them feel? Do we want to talk about that? Do we want to talk about how you invalidate and make your family feel like shit every day and how they probably don't look forward to your ass coming home? Like... And they have to walk on eggshells around you. Just Sorry. Just because you, you have a job that you make money, you know, for your family, it, it doesn't mean you can be an asshole. No, that and it also doesn't right mean that someone who stays at home doesn't work hard. Like, that she's raising the children, she's keeping it's the like, house clean, it's, it's, she's yeah, cooking, it's like she's she, taking care of all the business at home. She thinks, well, I'm raising the children so I can be an asshole, you know. It's like, no. Yeah, that doesn't work that way. No. And he thinks, you know, I'm paying the bills so I can be an asshole. It's like, no, you can't be an And also, asshole. he doesn't, he forfeited his rights to talk about you've invalidated me and hurt my feelings when he does that every day to his family. Like, you don't get to pick and choose here. You don't get to be, well, my feelings matter, but then not give a shit about how you've made your family feel. If anything, after that, he should be apologizing to his family. And then they can work on reconciliation after that. I know one thing, though. It's a good bit. It was a good bit. She did commit to it. So this is from r slash confession, which just has, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, just go through that board. There is some wild shit on there. But this one, I think it's probably going to give us a good laugh. So people confessing, just getting stuff off their chest. Oh, yeah, anonymously. I made my mom think she broke her own glass table on accident. When I was 12 or 13, my mom had a beautiful glass coffee table. I'm sure it was expensive. I had just got home from school, and my mom was at work. I made some cereal and turned on Cartoon Network. Shout out Cartoon Network. This got to be a 90s kid. I sat on the couch and propped up my legs on the table and crack. The table cracked down the middle into two big pieces. In a panic, I was trying to fit the pieces back together. It's not going to (laughs) work. No, it's two glass (laughs) pieces. How are you going to fit the bitches back together? But the only way it would stick is if I put my foot under one of the glass pieces propping it up. 
this is just this is clearly the mind of a child. So that's what I did. Oh my <laughs> I, god! I sat there for forty five minutes with my foot holding up this big piece of glass. I, I feel like I didn't see where this is going. My mom finally got home and walked inside with bags in her hand and slammed the door behind her with her leg. As she slammed the door, I moved my foot and the glass shattered on the metal bars under it. I made a face like, <laughs> imagine like, oh God. Sh- a shocked face. I even gasped out loud. She stood there silently for a second, then accepted what she thought she had done. <laughs> To this day, she, she straight th- up said, "Girl boss, gaslight, gatekeep" to her mom. To her mom. Yeah. We don't know if it was a, it's a girl or a guy. Okay, they said, "Girl boss, gaslight, gatekeep" to their mom. <laughs> what is that? You're just old, Keller. Sorry, you don't understand <laughs> the things. To this day, she thinks she slammed the door and the vibration broke the glass. Oh. Poor mom. Yeah. She, like, hates herself for it. Like, she has to go to therapy. I love, it says, she stood there silently for a second and then accepted what she thought she had done. So she was just, like, standing there with groceries in her hand. Yeah. And she was just like, God damn it. That's like, I guess my fucking table. Girl boss, say it. Say girl boss. Girl boss. (laughs) Even that was bad. Girl boss. Girl boss. Girl boss. Gaslight. Gaslight. Gatekeep. Gatekeep. And now you do your hands, you go like this, you go. Live, laugh, love. That's what I know. It's kind of like that. It's yeah, kind yeah. of of the same thread of that, of live, so laugh, love. You say love. that ironically. Well, yeah. some people. Yeah, some people don't say it ironically. <laughs> but some people don't say girl boss ironically. They're you like, got to really think what babe. it means. You got to live, but you got to laugh. And you got to love. But you got to love, too. It's so deep if you think about Shout it. Shout out to my mom's kitchen. <laughs> this is where we gather. And this is where we live, we laugh, and we love. We could do a whole episode just on the sayings from mom's kitchen. <laughs> from a lot of mom's kitchens, I bet. You know? I know, but my that's mom why, has some shit, great ones in her ho- kitchen. Hobby, that's why Hobby Lobby is still in business. Or Home Goods, or even hell, TJ Maxx, because even the modern ones are corny too. It's like we don't skinny dip, we chunky dunk. Mom has one of those out of the pool. <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it, it's profound. It, but like, you got to really think about it. Honestly, I think that it's more <laughs> profound than anything that any Greek philosopher has ever said. Like, we'll remember in a million years when they are digging through artifacts of Earth. They're going to find a little plaque. They're going to dust it off. They don't even speak English anymore. They speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Their language is totally different. All, and all like, they see is this old like, wooden <laughs> sign that says And that live. means put it through the translator. So they put it through and it's live, laugh, love. And then they document that and they're like, these people were amazing. They're like, we don't they live, laugh, and love. Beings. We don't live, laugh, or love. <laughs> we don't do that. All we do is. <laughs> <laughs> all we do to go. All, all we do to go, all we do is go to other worlds, dominate, this conquer, ruined, This ruins so many slay. alien marriages. Because they're like, she, like, honey, he's like, he's like, listen here, Johnson, you don't live, laugh, love me. You don't all live, you do laugh, is click, me. Click me. I don't want, I don't want any more. I won't live. 
laughing and some loving. Damn it. It's like the way that we learn Latin, even though it's a dead language, aliens or like people from a million years from now start learning English again. And they like romanticize old earth culture. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, the, the books they're are... like, they used to go to McDonald's and get happy meals. They used to have live, laugh, love signs in their house. They used to say, we dance in this kitchen. We dance in this kitchen. They used to go to the movie theater, and Nicole Kidman would say, we cry in this theater. We experience heartbreak in this theater. All we do is conquer other worlds now. We'll move on now. This one is an Unsolved Mysteries Reddit, subreddit. And I thought this one was really fascinating. The title is... Why would there be 30-something Wi-Fi networks apparently coming from underneath a concrete pad? Hmm. Yeah. Let's, let's read it. Hmm. Let's see. Hi. For the record, this is a serious post, so please no tinfoil hat comments. Well, thank God we're not commenting on Reddit because I'm putting my tinfoil hat on, baby. <laughs> Recently, I lived on a semi-urban farm property for a few months and I noticed some very unusual things that I won't get into here. What I'd like to know is what reason there might be for somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 to 30 low strength Wi-Fi networks, all with exactly the same signal strength peaking at the same point location to be seemingly emanating from underneath a concrete pad, which is supposed to be simply covering gravel and dirt. To clarify, I used Wi-Fi Analyzer to ensure that it wasn't just a coincidental situation where lots of neighborhood networks appeared to have similar signal strength due to the distances they were from their sources. I walked in concentric circles with Wi-Fi Analyzer running, and the further I got from the point location on the concrete pad mentioned above, the weaker the signals became. For example, if they were neighborhood networks, you would expect some to get stronger as you approach the property line on one side and some to get weaker. No matter what direction you went, the signal strength degraded in proportion to the distance you were from this spot. There were residential homes on two sides of the property, but to the rear of the property, there was a large county park, and to the front, there was another larger farm where there were clearly no Wi-Fi routers. As you watch the signal strength diagram and Wi-Fi analyzer in real time, there were peaks and valleys in signal strength, but they all were coordinated across these low-strength networks. There was a single Wi-Fi network, the company network on that property I was living on, that would peak and valley in signal strength exactly in time with these low-strength networks that would change their names regularly, and that covered the spectrum at exactly the same signal strength. Also, I used a Seek thermal imaging camera to, che to check out the peak signal strength point location on that concrete pad, and the temperature at that point was about 30 degrees Fahrenheit hotter than the surrounding concrete. That's weird as fuck. Why if I would heat up an area? Or some other strange reason. It puts out heat. I drilled a hole through that part of the pad and drilled a couple other holes randomly at different spots on that same concrete pad. I poured water down all the holes, and only the one at the peak signal strength location would drain and drain without filling up. The others all filled up 
after about one half liter of water was poured into them. Any idea what that means? What if he's saying that there's like an underground facility? Uh, yeah, and they ha- they're putting out a Wi-Fi signal. So this is the the actual author of the post wrote back and said, there are indeed buildings that could be hiding vents. These buildings are about 150 to 250 feet away. I built them with my boss on concrete pads that were laid by seemingly normal contractors, but the footprint has been prepared and leveled by very shady Tongan con- contractors before I disappeared. Disappeared? So he, ha- he said he had to leave. He said he had to like kind of like flee. What? I don't know. So I'm wondering if like... Holes in but I know, but I wonder if he got hired out here as just like a normal contractor construction guy, found this out. Like the guy he works for is involved in all this. Right, right. And so he built these buildings just like out here as a normal guy. And then he's like, wait a minute, there's some weird shit going on. So it says, supposedly before I arrived on site, they demoed a warehouse where the big building stands and they pulled out huge liquid tanks that would have left a very large open space in the ground after removal. Also, very curiously, a municipal storm drain running adjacent to the building had been removed during the site prep and another one installed on the opposite property line. And the new one was significantly larger than the old one. The old one was too small for a person to go into, but the new one is about the size of a door. So I wonder if, like, they're saying, like, that's the entrance to this weird bunker thing. If you look at Google Maps, you can see the old storm drain on the property line. So, by the way, this is all taking place in Honolulu, Hawaii. Hmm. I reckon that if you wanted to excavate and access to the space mentioned above, the old storm drain would be a good way to do it. Also, I noticed a truck making multiple late-night trips for many days removing lots of busted-up, new-looking concrete from the neighbor's city trash bins. The property I lived on and that neighbor's property are leaseholds held by the same person, not my old boss. I've also recently contacted my old boss um, via eBay accounts selling faulty hard drives and faulty electronics for strange prices. Sounds like some fucking real shady, like, but what if he, like, what if there's stuff on there, on the hard drives and the faulty electronics, and he's selling it to another black market buyer, and they know Knowing, it, yeah. there's, like, a code on it, you know, there's yeah. some, it's like the whole... Wayfair thing. Yes, where it's like, they would put the, yeah, they, would, nice, they would be... Uh, sofa, this is the... And it, it's it's the, the jasmine sofa. Yeah, this is the jasmine sofa. And it's and like twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> it's one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, but it's like just, the people quality, who are buying it know what it is. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, there's for strange prices. The buyer feedback is very bizarrely enthusiastic. Oh, bitch! I cannot believe that we just mentioned the Wayfair thing. <gasps> oh my god. The buyer feedback is very bizarrely enthusiastic, and there are lots of disturbing mentions of very happy kids and no fakes. No fakes? Is that what it says? No fakes? Yeah. Bitch, what if happy he's like uncovered kids. a sex trafficking operation? Literally. Like an underground, underground sex, sex trafficking, trafficking operation. 
yeah, it, <laughs> I feel like it could either be two, one of two things. It's either totally nothing. Yeah. And he's just picking up these Wi-Fi signals that are coming in. Or he uncovered a, a large human trafficking underground sex ring. But the, and also remember how I mentioned that I was like, his boss could be in on this and he would just got hired as some guy to come out and build stuff. And then he stumbled upon this. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, he's tying all this together saying he found his old boss putting stuff on eBay with faulty hard drives and faulty electronics for strange prices. And, Oh, I didn't even read this line. I keep doing this. I didn't even read the next line. And we just said this. He said, I think I stumbled upon a possible human trafficking and child porn ring. Good gracious. Oh my God. So uh, that guy's eBay is still up, but he's privated his account. So he may have read this whole thread. So another comment. It just keeps going. There are high voltage power lines that do not correspond to the city grid, meaning they are totally disconnected from the power lines that feed the meters on all the nearby properties that run behind the property. So they have their own power source, allegedly. Hmm. One of the neighbors is perhaps the wealthiest man in the state. So he's leaving all this out. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, well, he does own a bunch of property in Hawaii. Yeah, and coincidentally has steel has a steel frame building behind his residence that these high-voltage power lines go to. There are also several electrical condu- conduits, apparently I can't read, that run from a multi-breaker box set up at the meter, which run right by the point location, but are very certainly are supposed to not be connected to anything. Here is where things get somewhat unbelievable, as if it wasn't already insane. Mm. The neighbor on the opposite side has a large pile of very thick, very big broken up fiberglass sections that can be nothing else but a giant fake rock face. This location is on the western slope of Cocoa Head in Hawaii, Honolulu, or Honolulu, Hawaii. This whole mountain used to be military area during, before, and slightly after World War II, and I have no doubt there are underground facilities that were carved out of the volcano. Whether there are any there on those properties is the question. What the fuck? Yeah, so there's probably already military that they just never left. Yeah, stuff that they did. Well, they did. They just left it the way it was. But I'm and saying the military actually never left there. Well, or this could be just a private operation that they're using those old bunkers to do certain things to sell hard drives. Like, what in the hell is this? To sell 14-year-old hard drives. So that's the end of the thread. That one was crazy. Yeah, that was one that you had to do a little bit of investigation on your own. But once you do it, you think that you might have just uncovered a child sex ring. A sex trafficking There's something ring. to be said about the internet sleuth And also, culture. Reddit is the place to do that. If you're going to do it anywhere, if you're going to post some crazy shit, yeah. people are going to post it on Reddit. That's the like the movie we watched with the don't kill cats or don't F with cats. Mm, yeah, on Netflix. Where the internet sleuth people, they got, they got together and did their own research and found this and, dude. And got him. Yeah, and, and, got got, him. and caught a murderer. Yeah. So this will be our last story. 
I think that this is going to be the perfect way to end the podcast on because this is allegedly very spooky, scary, and it is October. We're in spooky, scary month. So this one feels appropriate to uh, end things on. It's under r slash unsolved mysteries. So here's how it goes. This story ended up being much longer than I had originally anticipated, and I apologize for the long read. I will say that in all the years I've told this story, people usually respond, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard, so I hope you take the time to enjoy it. This story occurred in the summer of 2008. I grew up in Oregon and was acquainted with the outdoors at an early age. My favorite hobby came to be hiking, particularly in areas that are either very dangerous or isolated. The health benefits of hiking were secondary to the thrills of walking the edges of exposed cliffs, being in cougar and bear territory, and knowing that I was far from help. Into the Wild was released in the fall of 2007, and I immediately fell in love. Being a high school senior, I could barely go another week living in my parents' house. The movie spoke to my sense of adventure and inspired me to hike the California portion of the Pacific Crest Trail upon graduation. I made it from the Mexico border to Northern California without much incident. I saw rattlesnakes and black bears, experienced dehydration, but nothing happened that made me fear for my life. Somewhere in the Lassen National Forest in Northeastern California, I walked around a bend in the trail only to be startled by two people sitting on a rock, dressed in nearly all white. Red flag. (laughs) Their faces were dirty, their appearance disheveled, and the man had a long, unkempt beard. Both seemed to be in their 40s. They looked like the couple who kidnapped Elizabeth Smart. What struck me as odd about the encounter was encountering anybody at all. I frequently went days without seeing a single human being. Their white clothes would, could be explained away by the need to escape the California summer heat. Their scruffy appearance could be explained away by the fact that most thru-hikers abandoned personal hygiene on the trail. After I said hello, they said nothing and simply watched me as I passed. Even that I didn't find odd. I chalked it up to them being foreign and not knowing what to say. I camped a few hundred yards off the trail that night, as I always did. Following bare precautions, I hung the leftover food I had cooked that night from a tree and approximately five feet off the ground. Packing up camp in the morning, I noticed the food wasn't there. I immediately thought a bear had entered my campsite, and so I began to look for paw prints. I couldn't, I didn't find paw prints, but I did find boot prints circling the campsite, two pairs of them. One of those prints led right up to the rope from which the food was hanging. I thought of the couple I had passed earlier and everything clicked. I quickly packed up and left. My mom was racing the entire day, but I figured the couple was simply hungry. If they had nefarious intentions, they would have come for more than food. Several days passed and my mind was at ease again. I had begun to circle my campsite with sticks to wake me in the event of an intruder, animal, or otherwise. I awoke in my tent one night to the sounds of those sticks crunching. I grabbed my hunting knife. I tried to relax by telling myself that in the middle of the night, the source of that noise is much more likely an animal 
than a person. Then I heard frantic whispering. It was impossible to tell which direction the voices were coming from. Being in the dark, surrounded by trees, a hundred miles from the nearest city, plays tricks on your senses. I debated yelling out, claiming to have a gun, but instead decided to be silent and retain the benefit of surprise. I heard footsteps circling my tent and was ready to slash at whatever opened it, but just like that, it was over. No more footsteps, no more whispering. I lied frozen, awake in my tent until sunrise, and opened my tent to find nobody there. The only evidence something actually had happened was were the boot prints, the same as before. Several more days passed, and I was now in Shasta National Forest, probably 50 to 75 miles from where I first encountered the couple. The trail became more or less a goat trail. Being on the side of a mountain and above the tree line, I could see the trail winding for miles in front of me and behind me. I stopped for water in the rare shade and noticed two hikers miles behind me. <laughs> Literally, hell no, immediately hell no. All I could see were two white dots moving along this mountainside. I immediately said out loud, fuck this, this trip is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I pulled out my map and looked for the nearest town, which happened to be Castella, located off I-5. The only problem was that it was 25 miles away. I hiked well into the night, trying to gain as much ground as possible. I kept losing the trail and decided to set up camp, this time far off the trail and into the forest. I got in my tent and tried to sleep, but every little noise kept me awake. After a few hours in my tent, I heard the telltale signs of another bad night. The footsteps, the whispering, the sticks breaking. Sound travels far in the absence of another sound. I knew they were close, but wasn't sure how close. All I could think was, this is fucked up. This is so fucked up. God damn it. Finally, a flashlight hits my tent, lights up the entire thing, and goes dark. I unzipped my tent and climbed out carrying my knife, yelling nonsense into the dark. It was sort of like that cliche scene in movies where people in the wilderness hear sticks breaking around them and the camera pans around the trees because the people have no idea which direction the sound is coming from. Then I heard footsteps running towards the tent and barely made out a figure moving in my peripheral vision. I turned and ran deep into the forest. I tripped several times and ran into several trees. After running for approximately five minutes, I tripped, rolled, and came to rest next to a down tree. I got under the tree trunk and laid still. I saw the flashlight moving around in the distance. I laid under that tree for hours. I was certain they were gone, but I didn't move. Eventually, birds started chirping, and I knew sunrise would come soon. Once it did, I made my way back to trail, abandoned my campsite, and walked the rest of the distance to Castella, where the Pacific Crest Trail crosses I-5. I hitchhiked my way to the town of Mount Shasta and spoke with the police and forest service. They put me up in a motel for the night, and my parents drove from Oregon to pick me up the next day. I followed up with the police and forest service months later, who told me there had been similar reports of items missing from campsites throughout the surrounding national forest. However, there had been no other reports of the terrorizing that I had experienced. As far as I know, nothing ever came of the couple. Well, I never want to go camping again. 
or hiking. <laughs> hiking or anything. And my first thought reading that was, what is their intention? Like, what were they trying to do? Right. Were they trying to murder her? Were they trying to hurt her? Were they trying to kidnap her? Were they just trying to steal all of her stuff? Because to me, it's a like... far to just steal some food or... No, or they were stalking a, her for miles and miles and days. Yeah, or, or even steal some stuff <laughs> like a campfire coffee maker or mm-hmm. whatever. That is terrifying. It just, it gives me like murdering couple vibes or, you know, Manson family vibes. The fact that they found, is a girl? Yeah. The fact that they found her after hiking this whole time. The fact that like they kept, three up, times. kept up with her hiking mm-hmm. and then found her way off in the woods setting up camp. And then when she came out swinging her knife around, like screaming at him, the fact that one of them, I'm assuming the man, charged her and she ran away. Like he was trying to, they were trying to fuck her up. Yeah. The charging thing. Yeah. But why didn't they do anything the first, you know, couple of times? Just maybe they were just terrorizing her. Maybe they were playing with, with the their victim. You know, like the way that serial killers do. Sometimes you like build up the anticipation. That's crazy. It builds up the fear. Yeah, I never want to go camping again. It yeah, just ruined me. I'll go. Idea. I'll go camping in our backyard. I'll go camping in my parents' backyard. I don't know if I'm gonna go camping like. Deep in the woods of a national forest. Yeah, so if some family got some land or something, yeah, you have I'm a bringing camper. Bring a gun out there. You have a camper. We'll yeah. camp on the beach. Yeah, I can camp if there's four walls and a door and a roof and Wi-Fi and air conditioning. And yeah, reading it, I was just putting myself in in that situation, and it's just and you're by yourself. So you don't have another person. Because I've, I've been you. out in the woods in a national forest at night, and it is dead quiet. Every, I mean, I, I've spent nights like you can hear your thoughts. You can hear stuff going on. You're like, oh, that's a bear, and it's gonna come eat me, murder me, yeah. or that's a person. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been scared in the woods <laughs> before. <laughs> yeah, I think the I've cried in the woods <laughs> when I'm in a forest or camping. I think about animals. I think about bears, and totally legitimate. But mm-hmm. probably the most dangerous animal out there is. Other people, yeah, yeah, probably a human, yeah. Well, and and if you ever want to go down a, another rabbit hole, you should talk about the missing four one one, or you should read about the missing four one one. Yeah, that movie's great. That movie is wild, and just the whole conspiracy and phenomenon of people going missing in national park, and mm-hmm. it makes you consider all those cases about people, and it's like. You usually think natural circumstances. You usually think bears and the elements and weather or people just walking off and getting lost. But there's a great possibility that there's also fucking horrible people out there stalking people and going after lone hikers or lone children. Yeah. Wow. That's enough to not make me sleep tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did say I felt like it was appropriate. But I am in a for, house. So. Yeah. Don't listen trail. to this on a hike. No, no. Listen to this. This isn't a good the safety uh, of your locked up and alarmed home. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like that was a good one to end for spooky October month. Yeah. I hope that you found the, these stories entertaining, fascinating. Um, 
go check Reddit out. Go find some stories for yourself. There's literally an endless supply. We'll probably do more of these. And now it's Keller's bedtime. It's my bedtime. <laughs> Hope that you have enjoyed your week so far when you listen to this episode. Thank you for making it to this point in the episode. I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. Yep. Thanks again, everybody. And uh, we will be back next week with another installment Mm -hmm. of In the Midnight Hour podcast. Mm -hmm. Go follow us on Instagram at In the Midnight Hour pod. Yep. Until next time. Get some sleep. (laughs) 